friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host to the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together, tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. Today, we have on here Lizzie. Oh, Palmatier is not your last name anymore. I'm like, whoa, Lizzie, what's your last name? It actually still is my last name. I decided okay. to keep it, so you're good. Okay. You guys, I'm so excited to have Lizzie on here. Uh, Lizzie's been a great part of my life where she helped me um, in high school kind of gain traction and get into the professional world. Um, I was so excited to have her on here. And you guys, she is smart. She is a mom. She is smart. She is right now in her master's of clinical psychology, right? Clinical counseling, yes. Clinical counseling. I'm like, you guys, it's super cool. Clinical counseling. Um, This is an amazing woman that we're so excited that she's taking. She's a mom of this darling little boy, you guys. Oh, how old is he right now? Almost 10 months. Oh my gosh. He's so cute. You do oh, you little, like you. TikTok reels with him and I just like my heart melts. <laughs> thank you. I think he's cute, but I'm a little biased. <laughs> I think he's cute too. We are just so excited to have you on here. You just have balanced life very well and are helping teach others how to balance life, how to balance motherhood, how to balance like therapy and how to balance your mental health. But I kind of want to start off this conversation, just getting to know you a little bit more for our podcast listeners, but you had a Facebook post that influenced me so much this last year. And I kind of want to start there, but um, you guys, Lizzie, she competed in the Miss America program. How many years was it? Um, I did it for five years. Okay. She did it for five years and she was absolutely brilliant, like literally so brilliant. And now she's turning around and serving. But this last year, she, um, right before Miss Utah happened, she created this post and I think this really demonstrates how she's like lived her life. But can you tell us a little bit about, do you remember what you put at that Facebook post? Because it was yeah. so well put. And um, I just think it shows how you've lived your life too. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. The, the, the thing about competing in anything where there's a quote unquote winner, someone gets the crown, is we get into our own heads a lot and we start comparing ourselves to other people when the real goal should be competing with yourself, right? And right. so I wanted to make a post just trying to encourage the contestants that didn't walk away with the crown because I don't believe that you have to win in order to win. And that seems kind of silly, but when it comes to programs that are meant for self-betterment, um, such as the Miss America organization, I think it's an opportunity to get these seeds from the organization, these seeds that you can choose which ones to plant, which ones to grow. And I wanted to encourage the girls to do that, to look around and realize you're not competing against these girls. You have the cream of the crop for best friends right now. Um, that just because you don't walk away with the crown doesn't mean that you can't win. Um, I never won Miss Utah, and that broke me for a little bit, especially my second year, which I didn't go in with the healthiest mindset, and I wanted to keep other girls from going down that road. Um, but my second year, I had dedicated so much time and so much energy to 
winning the crown. And that was my main focus. And so when I didn't win, it crushed me because I realized I had wasted a year of my life because I hadn't been focused on the things that I could have been growing in. I had let relationships um, kind of sour a little bit. I had failed a few classes at school. And so then I had to retake them. And I realized, oh, I've totally messed up. So when I felt the need to go back to Miss Utah, I was like, okay, if I go back, I want to do it different. And rather than trying to become Miss America, I'm going to act as if I am Miss America already. And I used that opportunity to really dig down in my paperwork. My paperwork ended up getting me a um, a job I wasn't quote unquote qualified for. They wanted someone with a master's degree in social work, but um, I used literally my um, social impact initiative paperwork and I just changed like five words and I got that job, even though I had a bachelor's in violin performance. Um, I focused on my relationships with others, seeing, looking around and seeing, oh, are all these people Miss America people? And not just mean that they have to be in the Miss America organization, but if I were to see a Miss America hanging out with that individual what would that say to me? And I realized that some of the people I was hanging around were not the best influences and weren't helping me become a better person. And so I broke off a four and a half year relationship with my high school sweetheart. I allowed myself to fall in love with my now husband. Um, and, you know, as I went through the Miss America organization, those last few years, that's where I really grew. So I wanted girls to realize you don't have to get the crown to win it all. Because did I ever win Miss Utah? No, but I won the whole dang thing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, you've turned it into experience of winning at life. And I mm -hmm. think that's so much more important. I, I think I love your story so much because uh, I have this philosophy too. And I just feel like you align so much of, because winning things like a competition, trophies come and like they sit on your shelf and collect yeah. dust, you know, and like a title comes and goes, but who you are literally stays with you forever. And you've changed that into a winning experience of who you are. Um, yeah. And did that like snap for you or did this take time, that mind shift? Um, it was, it took a little bit of time. Um, as I said, my second year at Miss Utah, I had I dedicated basically that entire year to getting the crown and it was a really unhealthy mindset that I had. Um, mm -hmm. and so when I felt the need to go back and everyone was saying, you, you need to go back to Miss Utah. Um, I had to really do some soul searching before I went and competed for a local title um, because I didn't want to go through that again. It was painful. It was soul crushing and it wasn't healthy. And so I had to really um, do some soul searching pretty quickly in order to know whether or not I was going to go back. That's a big deal. And just the fact that you could see that you were in an unhealthy mindset. Um 
So, okay, you're in your master's of clinical therapy. So talk to me a little bit about mindsets because I know that's something you deal with a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously you figured that out at a young age and now you're kind of helping people make healthy ones now. Um, How, like, how do you do that? Because I think sometimes, at least I'm in life and I'm like, okay, I can recognize I'm not in a healthy mindset on this project at worth, or I'm not in a healthy mindset mm-hmm. um, with this or that. But what do I do? You know? Yeah, I think it's different for everyone. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, therapy is a thing to go to a professional that specializes in that mindset and in um, being emotionally healthy to help you kind of go through that journey and figure out what coping mechanisms might work or not work for you. Um, For me, I think it's all about balance. And you know, sometimes we make the mistake of only looking at certain parts of mental health. Like, are you on medication or are you going to therapy? Um, Do you have a support system? But I really think it's the whole picture that we need to be looking at. For me, I have four pillars of mental health that I need to follow in order to stay mentally healthy. Um, I need to be on my medication. I have bipolar type two. um, And so that just helps my brain chemistry stay um, a little bit healthier and a little bit um, more easy to control. Um, I go to therapy. I meditate every day. And my fourth pillar is service. If I am not serving others Mm -hmm. and being a part of a community, that is the big part of my soul that kind of diminishes a little bit if I am not actively serving others. Um, So really, I think it's it's a journey to figure out what your pillars are. Do you, whether or not you need medication, whether or not you have some kind of community in those pillars um, and figuring out what works best for you. And again, it's going to be different for everyone. I love that you said it's different for everyone too, because I, I, I think mental health is such a big deal. And I love, <sighs> I love kind of how we shaped this conversation of really competing for you was having the right mindset. And now we're kind of Mm -hmm. going into mindset. This is what your master's is on, but um, whether or not you feel like you need clinical help, I think everyone needs help. Like it's just like our bodies need to be healthy. I feel like our minds just need to be healthy. Oh yeah. Um, You know? Absolutely. And I think that some people get uh, scared of the idea of therapy as if it's like, Oh, if I go once I'm going to be stuck going for the rest of my life. And that, couldn't be further from the truth. Just like if you go to the doctor's office, unless there's something like seriously wrong, you're probably not going to see that guy for another year, right? Uh, (laughs) I think it's similar with therapy. In fact, most therapy is short term. On average, people only go like eight or 10 times. Um, It's only other situations where you might have some deeper trauma or something that you might need to go a little bit more. Um, But for me, I go... And do, I do that short-term thing, and then I take a year off. Um, so you don't have to worry about it becoming this like uh, this like sink sand kind of trap. <laughs> we don't want you to have to go to therapy every week for the rest of your life. We want you to get the skills that you need in order to face not just the problems that you are facing right now, but any future difficulties as well. I think that's – I love how you just defined – 
therapy right there because I think you're right. I think society has kind of defined it itself, and you're like, whoa, wait, whoa, 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 that's not, that's not right. <laughs> like this is not right, you know. And um, I love how you just find it. Like I think the whole like, but I'm just repeating in my own words what you said is Absolutely. the whole purpose of therapy is so that you can get up on your feet and go forward without therapy you know, Absolutely. or like just come back when you need it. Is, did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes it so less scary. I think there's, um, you know, there's, we're fortunately we've kind of started to mo- have this movement around the stigma mm-hmm. of mental health to make it more accessible and more common to talk about, but it's still, there's still a lot of progress to come. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. And it's just, I think, kind of redefining therapy a little bit in our brains um, and normalizing talking about like, hey, how do we have mental health strategies that are healthy mm-hmm. um, and these things? And I want to kind of get into some healthy strategies once we have a moment for our sponsors, because we are just so excited to glean from your knowledge and your your really smart master's degree and your experience. So we'll have a moment for our sponsors, and then we'll jump right back in. I just wanted to pause and give a moment to our sponsors. Now, you guys, <laughs> I'm afraid of three things, and that's snakes, haunted houses and going over my budget. And Utah Money Mons has helped me calm my fear of going over my budget through their free webinars and downloadable materials. Last December, they actually had a webinar for panic procrastinators and it helped me stay in the budget and keep calm while I was getting all the gifts that I needed during the holiday season. They actually helped 86% of their followers create a financial goal. So head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram to get your free financial confidence boost. Okay, we we're back in it with Lizzie. We were kind of just redefining therapy. Um, and Lizzie, you're talking, you just gave us your four pillars of really mm-hmm. good mental health. What are some other ideas? So if people are, if they're listening today, we all need to have a mental health checkup. But what are mm-hmm. some other ideas besides your own that that we can kind of start to do to check ourselves mentally? Absolutely. Um, One place I would love to start, and this is one of my pillars, is the meditation. Um, Mm -hmm. Meditation is just basically an exercise for your brain and you're exercising the ability to stop thinking about a certain thing. Um, So many of us, we get into these like these downward spirals where, oh, that negative thought, that intrusive thought just came in and now I can't stop obsessing about it. Meditation is the practice to overcome that. Um, I would highly recommend anyone try meditation at least a few times. Um, I actually was one of those people who was like, oh, meditation can't work for me. I, I need to do, be doing things with my hands. I need to da, 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 da. But once I started, um, I actually started recording my anxiety and depression levels before and after therapy, um, after doing my meditation. And I did that for about a year. And seeing the difference, not just between um, before and after, but also just in general was shocking to me. So if you want to try meditation, but you're like me and you're a little hesitant, I would highly recommend um, going on Netflix. And there is a little series that's done by Headspace that explains meditation in a really helpful way and then takes you through it and it's great for for beginners and as long as you have netflix it's um free access you can also find a lot of really cool things on youtube um so that's one area that i really would suggest um another 
pillar of mental health that I would suggest everyone practice is gratitude. Again, this is all about neuroplasticity, changing what your brain is used to doing. It's a muscle. We need to practice doing what we want to do on a regular basis. And so if you practice being grateful, writing down one or two things every day that you're grateful for, that will help reframe your mindset so that that's what you focus on more often. You'll look for things to be thankful for rather than just the things that are weighing on your heart or might be a little bit harder at the time. Um, So that's another thing I would suggest. Again, it's different for everyone. And if you're struggling with like chemical imbalance, maybe making a a list of gratitude things aren't going to be as helpful if you're dealing with some severe um, trauma So again, it's different for everyone. So I don't want, um, so make sure that you also explore the idea of therapy. If you feel like you're having a hard time doing it by yourself, think about reaching out to a professional who is literally trained to have those conversations with you so that you don't just have to have that conversation with yourself. You can have an outside source that has a lot of different resources and different assessments that can really help you go forward in that journey. I think that's, I love what you've taught us here. Um, And I think the biggest one is, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out. And I want to ask you a question on that in just a second, but I want to go back to your meditation and gratitude for just a second, because I think that's something we can all do preventative mental health or whether you're struggling mental health, because you never know if you're good today, you don't know what tomorrow will bring, you know? And so, um, (laughs) right. And I started doing some gratitude and meditation a little while ago too. And I want to ask you about this because I was not good starting off with meditation. And I was like, my mind is going everywhere. Is it okay to start off and like not be good? Absolutely. It's like a muscle. You you can't expect yourself to go into the gym for the first time and run 10 miles on the treadmill and then like do a deadlift with 200 pounds, right? You're not going to get there immediately. You have to start off with the little five pounders and maybe walking on the treadmill. So it's okay for it to not be super successful. Um, um, And that's why I really like the Headspace um, series on Netflix is because they kind of talk you through that and they also give you some focus points while you're still beginning in meditation, while you're still, you know, struggling to really shut off your mind, having different like focus points, like thinking of a light that's growing in the middle Mm. of your chest or something, having something to focus on so that you can start that, um, that journey in meditation, if you will. I love, okay. I need to go look up this one. I was using a little app and it was good. I, I could realize that I was progressing, but I was shocked at first. And I wish someone would have like said exactly what you did that like, it's going to go and get to the gym. You don't have to be good the first time. You just have to Absolutely. start somewhere. Cause I was so, <laughs> I'm glad I stuck with it for a second. Cause I was like, like, oh, I need to put peanut butter in between my jam on my sandwich. And like thinking of all these random oh, things. Like, oh, this is supposed to be quiet time. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, it's a journey. 
Absolutely. And I think that sometimes uh, when you're trying to have that, you know, quiet time, as you said, that's when you realize how busy your mind is. And we live <laughs> in a, a world where we're expected to do it all. And we're constantly doing a million things and going in a million different directions. So having that quiet time is so vital now. My mind is very busy. I'm like, you're just talking about that. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like ching, 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 ching all the time. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> right? I think most of us are, you know, um, I, I was talking to a friend the other day and I think with this new age of social media and now we're into this video phase and videos are like three to seven seconds, we've, mm-hmm. we've lost some attention span. And so our brains have started to get used to changing ideas topics thoughts so frequently absolutely and then you sit and meditate and it's like "Ah." (laughs) you know like it's your brain needs to be retrained you know well absolutely it's just a muscle let's make it strong (laughs) right that it gives me so much hope to know that brain is a muscle because muscles can change you know Mm -hmm. i've definitely had muscles change in my lifetime for better or for worse (laughs) so you know i'm like okay so if it brains a muscle like same thing for better or for worse it can change uh but that means did you use neuroplasticity earlier yes okay can you define that for me i I think i want to use absolutely i want to make sure (laughs) and um just for like clarification um i don't believe that we actually classify the brain as a muscle, but that's just the best way I know how to make it easy Mm -hmm. to understand. Um, But neuroplasticity is basically, how do I explain this? Think about like from A to B. Mm -hmm. There, when you have a certain kind of thought process, every single time you have that thought, it is like doing a rep we're going to go back to the working out metaphor. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and the more you do it, the stronger that connection becomes. Um, that is what's happening in our brains. Um, so neuroplasticity is really the study of, okay, how can I shift this behavior? Okay, you have this nervous tick that you're used to doing over and over and over again. How do we replace it with something else? How do we start thinking about gratitude? Um so that neuroplasticity is really the study of how we can change our brain chemistry. Mm, that, that is so powerful and so cool. Oh, it's so, so cool. cool. <laughs> but I also think I'm like, okay, if I've had a certain, like I loved your A to B and like doing reps. Like if I had a certain habit that is so ingrained, um, now I want to go back to the question I was going to ask you. And this yeah. is when you brought up like seeking out professional help because I can see like, man, if you're really strong in one thought process, you need help. You know, mm-hmm. that that's hard. So how do you even find help? Because I know um, there I've had friends or just in life circumstances where I'm like, I don't even know where to start to find help. Great question. If you're looking for help in the form of therapy, um, I'd highly yeah. recommend going to like psychology today. You can actually look up your area and you can kind of put on some filters of like, okay, I want somebody that specializes with the LGBTQ community, or I want somebody that specializes with um, sexual trauma. You can make those requirements for whatever situation that you're in and see what therapists are in your area. Um, So that's one thing I would recommend. Um, Another thing I'd recommend is reaching out to your loved ones. Because you can't do it by yourself. We're not 
meant to do it by ourselves as human beings. We are of a very social and you know, we're a species that we depend upon each other. And so I'd highly recommend letting that best friend, your significant other, your parents know what's going on. Um, even if you don't do it perfectly, even if it's over a text message, get it done. <laughs> Let them know something's going on because you have, whether or not you realize it, you have this whole community of people behind you that love you and see the world as a better place because you are in it. If they know something's going on, they are going to want to help and they will be so much more accepting than I think you think they're going to be. Mm. I say that from experience too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I come from. I wanted to ask oh, you about it. your experience of like, how was that for you um, telling your family and your loved ones or, cause yeah, it, it, it seems like it's so true of like the people around you are like so loving and yet the actual telling someone what's going on is, I don't know why as human beings, so many of us are hardwired. Oh, it's the shame. It's the shame. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, for me, it was a, it was a pretty long journey. Um, mm -hmm. trying to think of how to say this in a succinct way to put my life story. Um, when I was in middle school, I realized I am bisexual. And I also realized that with the way that things were at that time, that it would not be safe for me to come out. Um, I already had friends that were being targeted and, and bullied and frankly abused because of their sexuality. And so I started throwing myself at guys trying to overcompensate. Um, I was terrified of not having a boyfriend because then someone would find out. And that led to other issues. And um, before I was even old enough to go on my first date, I found myself in the position where I was raped. And I went through all of this without telling a single soul. And by the time I was 18, you know, I, on the outside, I was living this perfect life. I was um, doing musical theater and I had these leadership and music scholarships. And I, I spoke at commencement for a high school graduation, but behind closed doors, I, I just wanted it all to end. And um, when I was 18, I, I tried to. Um, I wrote the letter to my mom and dad and everything, fully expecting I wasn't going to wake up. And the next day, I woke up a little groggy, but other than that, I was fine. And I was very surprised and very uh, confused as to why. And... I went downstairs and my parents were talking very like seriously and they had been thinking about becoming foster parents and they suddenly were like, we need to become foster parents now. Now they had no idea what I was going through upstairs um, behind the closed doors. They had no idea. But before we knew it, we had our first placement, um, little Brooklyn, who we ended up adopting. But the moment I saw her, I was like, oh, I love you. I would do anything for you. And almost immediately, she ended up in the hospital with RSV, struggling to breathe because she had underdeveloped lungs. 
and it was a really hard process. And um, after staying with her in the hospital for a little bit, I went to my car and I just cried. And I was so angry with the world. Um, and I found myself, you know, just swearing up and down at God. Like, why would you let bad things happen to good people? Why is this happening? Why is no one doing anything? And then I turned on the radio and there was a song by Matthew West that came on for the first time for me. And it's called Do Something. And the lyrics that came out of the radio were, so I shook my fist at heaven, said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. I created you. And I was in no position to help anyone. <laughs> I, but I marched myself over to Utah foster care. I was like, hey, uh, is there any way I can help? <laughs> and that started that journey of that, that crucial pillar that I needed um, in order to be mentally healthy. And it was as I was serving these children who also were in the position where it was like, hey, this bad thing happened to me. It wasn't my fault, but I feel shame. I understood that. And the more that I worked with them, the more I realized, oh, I want to be a foster parent one day. But if I want to do that, I need to get my crap together first. And that's when I finally told my parents, when I finally told my best friend, and I finally went to therapy. So it's going to be a long process for some of us. For me, it was a decade journey from you know, middle school and feeling like I had to hide to finally coming out of my shell and being open and being strong with who I am. Um, so if you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm in the midst of it, I'm in my storm, I want you to know that it can get better. I promise it can get better. And I promise the world is a better place with you in it. I want you to stay. Lizzie, I just am so grateful for your courage and sharing your story, because I think it makes such a difference for so many people um, to hear your story, to hear that there's hope, to hear that reaching out to someone is so important. And um, we are just so grateful for you in this world. Like I'm oh, so grateful you. for you and the difference that you've made in my life, in so many people's lives and your advocation for mental health. Um, to helping us break through stigmas, to helping people recognize that they they're valuable and they're here and they're they're valuable enough that they deserve help. You know, you Absolutely. deserve help. And I just think that you are this story of courage and of of hope. And I'm so grateful for for that. You remind me of Esther, who's one of my my favorite <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, people who um who had a story of going to a king three times before she really could say what she wanted to say. And yet she had so much courage and changed the lives of so many people. Um, and I want to ask our last question in thinking kind of of the story you just shared of, we always ask, what is one piece of confidence you'd give your younger self to boost your, your confidence? But I want to ask it to that girl who was 18 and struggling and not telling people like, what would you have told her? There is so much more to experience in this world than you've experienced. <laughs> um, and I think that at that time, I was really looking for magic, really. I wanted that 
that teacher figure to come and save the day and to get me out of my mess and my hero's journey. And I would tell her that that's her role, that you can't just wait for the knight in shining, shining armor, that you ha- need to become it too. And that's where you will find the magic. That's where you will find the strength. And that's where you will learn to overcome your own dragons. Um, my favorite quote is by Neil Gaiman. And he said, fairy tales are more than real, not because they tell us that dragons exist, but because they tell us that dragons can be beaten. And that is what I'd want her to know. Wow. I just... I'm like, I want that quote on my wall everywhere. I love that. <laughs> um, I, I, I just am so grateful for your story and what you've shared with us, how you've balanced us, how you've helped us on a journey. I, I hope our listeners, if you are struggling today, go get help. Like that, that's totally okay. And you're worth it for that. You're worth Absolutely. it. Or if you're scared for that, like start with meditation like Lizzie was talking about, then re-listen to this podcast. And when you have the courage, like go and, and look up those, those, those counselors, those therapists to help you through this. Um, Lizzie, where else can we find you? Cause I know our podcast listeners are definitely going to want to connect with you and hear from you more. <laughs> How can they find you and connect with you? Um, I have Facebook, TikTok, and uh, Instagram. Um, I have a Twitter, but I don't get on there very often. So I'd highly recommend the other three. <laughs> And what's your handle on there so we can find you? Lizzie Palmatier. So good. And Palmatier, will you spell that out loud? So our podcast Absolutely. <laughs> so it's Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-Y, and Palmatier is P-A-L-M-A-T-I-E-R. Mm-hmm. So you guys go find her. She has really good content and really, I just feel like you, you post very positive and and you'll throw in these tips. And also you guys, she has these really cute parenting tips and stuff too. And so if you're a recent parent, she's got great ideas that I'd love to see from her too. But Lizzie, we are so humbled by you, by your courage, by your story. And we're so humbled and grateful that you've come on the show today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners so you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Pal, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it'll automatically add the money master course to your cart and you just click checkout and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the money master course under the finance category, then using the code KATIEANN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.